0: and Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsegel.com, and on the NSN app. And with all that's going on in the political world, uh, the biggest story that you might not be or probably are not being paying attention to actually concerns what's going to happen next year. And it's going on right now, what's going to happen next year. What I mean is Election Day of 2022, uh, many of us will potentially be voting or will be voting in new assembly districts, new state Senate districts and new congressional districts uh, throughout the country. It's the decennial reapportionment and which is taking place right here in New York as well, as well as around the country. Some states have lost uh, congressional members. Some states have gained congressional members. One of the states that's lost is New York, uh, lost one congressional seat in the census and uh, as well uh it was expected to lose two and only lost one so lines will be redrawn and one of the gentlemen who is redrawing those lines is the vice chairman of the new york state independent redistricting commission former state senator jack Martins. uh jack welcome back to spin class
1: uh great to be back thank you michael
0: okay so in a in a nutshell because i want to get into the politics of it but just tell us Tell the audience, what is the New York State Independent Redistricting Commission? Uh, it's a new creation for this iteration of, of, uh, of redrawing of the maps. It used to be handled entirely by the state legislature. Uh, so, what is it? What is your job?
1: What are you doing? Well, um, for the last, I guess, couple of centuries, uh, New York State every 10 years would redraw district lines, assembly, Senate, and congressional lines. Um, through their legislative um, leadership, that is in the assembly and in the Senate. They'd get together and they redraw lines. And there was a sense, I guess, uh, amongst many people that that um, unfairly favored incumbents. um, It allowed for uh, the political parties to essentially ensure their own incumbency and and left people without proper choices. Whether you agree with that or not, the state legislature um, agreed 10 years ago Um, that they would change the process to appoint an independent redistricting commission uh, made up of ten different, uh, ten individuals. Uh, Four of them are Republicans, four of them are Democrats and they each will then appoint two independents, so a total of ten. It actually required a constitutional amendment in New York State to the Constitution to allow this commission to exist. This is the first time that we're actually um, preparing those lines um, through a commission and not through the legislature. So uh, first time through um, has been somewhat interesting, uh, but the idea of drawing lines uh, based on keeping communities together, uh, respecting uh, communities that have historically been disenfranchised um, and allowing people choice in electing um, representatives in their own communities, I think makes a huge difference and it goes a long way towards uh, making sure that democracy, with a small D, is alive and well.
0: Well, as with everything in politics, uh, Jack, there there are winners and losers in the in the process. Um, and now that those draft lines, um, one of the features that happened of the of the draft lines that your commission uh, came up with is that there seems to be a Democratic plan and a Republican plan. Uh, that was not the original intention,
1: correct? No, we, we had originally intended to um, draft separate plans and then meet to confer and um, negotiate a single plan so that we could go out and present that um, to, to the state. Um, unfortunately, um, our colleagues from the other side of the aisle, I, I do sit uh, on the Republican side, um, decided that they would not meet and confer and therefore we um, we didn't have the opportunity to present a single map, we're presenting two. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, we, the process goes on. Uh, we will now go across the state, frankly starting next week, and hold hearings starting in Buffalo, Rochester, Binghamton, Syracuse, Plattsburgh. We come back through Albany, White Plains, then through the five boroughs, Nassau and Suffolk County. So we're gonna have hearings over the course of uh, the next six weeks, right till just before Thanksgiving, and then we'll retweak the maps and then we'll uh, we'll reconfer and present those maps to the legislature for their consideration. So there is a possibility of one map being given to the legislature. Uh, oh, still, of course. I, and and look, everyone on the commission has said that they are committed to having a single map. Um, so we'll... Uh, we will take them at their word. Uh, They had also said that they were committed to having a single map for our hearing process and that went sideways Uh, but if uh, if in fact they're going to be true to their own word um, I expect that through this hearing process we will meet, we'll confer, uh, we'll agree or disagree, um, we'll hopefully reach consensus um, and we'll come out with a um, a plurality map prepared by uh, the entire commission, uh, which we can then present to the legislature.
0: Okay. And then the legislature has the option of adopting that map. They can't, they have to adopt the map. They have, they can write their own maps. I mean, ha, tell us, tell us how that works. How does that process work? And I think, uh, one thing to note is that, uh, I think it's noteworthy that 10 years ago, a federal judge essentially drew the congressional maps. So it is ten, that, ten is years that a possibility did. this
1: time around? 10 years ago they did. The Assembly drew theirs, the Senate drew their own maps, and then they couldn't reach consensus on the congressional maps and it, it went to a to a federal court. Um, I, this this process uh, will require us to present the map to um, the legislature. If we reach an agreement on a map that'd be great. If we don't, uh, we have to present the uh, drafts from either side, uh, those that um, that uh, that we've each prepared to the legislature for their consideration Uh, but again I I do expect we're going to reach a map we'll get it to the legislature and they'll get to vote on it if they reject the maps um, or if the governor vetoes the map uh, it comes back to us and we have then a few weeks to redraft the maps before we resubmit it to them for their vote Um, the idea is to minimize the legislature's involvement um, again remove partisanship and incumbency from the equation and make this about creating uh, true maps that are equal in size and that give everyone a a single voice and an equal voice in their state and federal government here in new york uh, not something that's always happened but something that we're committed to doing okay
0: we're talking to jack Martins, former state senator the vice chair of the new york state independent redistricting commission uh, whose maps are out? Anybody can examine them on their website. Uh, the different, the two different plans. Uh, everybody focuses, Jack, on the congressional seats. As I said, New York uh, loses one seat in this process. Uh, in fact, New York has continues to lose uh, seats in population, or not gain in population. Uh, I remember, I think, when I was uh, younger, uh, I still young, but when I was younger. Uh, New York had quite uh, maybe thirty-six. I think when I started to vote, they had thirty-six. Now we're down to I think to twenty-seven, or maybe, or maybe the twenty-seven was what we had, and now we're going down to twenty-six. Uh, that's a lot of lo- loss in the last uh, in the last twenty years. What give us the highlights? Who I, I guess the biggest question is that people ask is who is losing their seat? Which member of Congress is losing their seat under the current proposals?
1: Well, it, it doesn't really work that way. Um, you start you start in Buffalo, you start in Montauk. And then you work back towards the middle. So um, as the seats get larger, um, a, and they have to get larger in order to accommodate the population, the increased population per district, uh, you end up with one less seat. I guess the midpoint of all this uh, drawing is, is right in the, the neck just right around Westchester or just north of Westchester where those two maps come together. So we are losing, as you mentioned, a congressional seat. You can't really point to a single person and say that their seat is going to be removed. Um, Frankly, there may be, depending on how these seats are redrawn, uh, there may be two members of Congress in the same district, um, in multiple districts, and there may be districts that are drawn where they don't have any incumbents in those areas. It all depends on which maps are used. Frankly, I can tell you, we did not, um, and and I am not aware, nor do I want to know where people live. I don't want to know where members of the Assembly and members of the Senate and members of Congress live. That is and should not be a consideration for the Commission when it's drawing its maps. You draw the maps to make sure that you keep communities together. You want to make sure that uh, communities that have historically been together, um, that have commonality, remain together. So villages remain together. Places like the five towns that are identified as a region stay together. You don't want to break up towns or counties where you don't have to. You want to keep communities and neighborhoods and the cities together. Um, This is important because people should have the ability to work together with their local community in having and expressing their voice and if you break up different communities, you're really doing them a disservice and frankly that's not democracy, so that's where we are, Um, you know, I'm I'm happy to say, you know, frankly, and and we've had these conversations before Michael, where, you know, you identify communities that have historically been uh, overlooked. So you know whether or not there it's, it's the African American and black community, whether it's uh, the Latino community, uh, frankly, whether or not it's the Jewish community. We looked, and if you look at the maps that were proposed, one of the congressional districts that was proposed um, in the maps was a congressional district that ran from the five towns into Brooklyn uh, to create what is a um, you know a, a majority minority district for, um the jewish community and i think it's it's interesting we have to start looking at keeping communities together especially when it comes to identifying in- issues that bring those communities together and i think that was a no-brainer well i'm glad you mentioned that because talk a little bit
0: more about that that was an intriguing piece of the map looking at this uh i guess what's known as jfk five towns if you look there uh it's a it stretches from Lido beach all the way in the east all the way to borough park um, now, you might say, well, what did what Lido Beach and or and Oceanside and the five towns have in common with places in Brooklyn? Um, but currently, you know, that area of Brooklyn is represented with the same district as the Upper West Side in in Jerry Nadler's district, which uh, they probably have very little in common with. Uh, so essentially, you took a lot of uh, Orthodox Jews and put them in the same district. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. That'll be particularly interesting for our
1: audience. Oh, look, I, I think... I think again, there there are. It's important that we identify uh, commonality um, and keep communities that are uh, readily identified as being communities uh, that have common interests together. Uh, you will see that we did that in our assembly maps. We did that in the Senate maps, uh, and and you know those commonalities may may be the same, may be different, whether we're dealing with state issues or federal issues. Uh, but as you draw those maps, it is incumbent upon the map drawers to actually look at these things and try and look at them holistically. You know, as we go through this process, and we are going to go through this process, there are gonna be hearings, as I said, for the next six weeks, and I invite everyone to go on our website and look for uh, information on the hearings when they're coming up and when you'll have an opportunity to participate. So whether it's the hearing that's scheduled for Nassau County, whether it's the hearing that's scheduled for Kings County, for Brooklyn, um, make a point of getting there. Um, let people know that this is, these are things that are important to you. And if they are, don't wait for someone else to, uh, to speak up, take the opportunity to participate, to come to the hearings. Um, I, I expect that the hearings are going to be able to, people will be able to access the hearings and testify virtually as well, in light of uh, you know, the, the technology that we now have and the reality of the pandemic um, you know, somewhat continuing that we have the opportunity for people to have greater access to these things. So sign up, participate, let your voices be heard. But this is just a small part of that. And if it's important to you, make sure your voice is heard and make sure that people understand why, where you believe those districts' lines should be drawn.
0: Okay, Jack, with regard to the uh, state senate districts and the assembly districts, which have traditionally always been written by the legislature, uh, you know there are super majorities right now of Democrats in, in each uh, in each house who could uh, uh, at least in theory take your maps and draw out whatever it is they want to take advantage of uh, incumbency and take advantage of you know drawing as many democratic seats as possible. Uh, I guess there is a move as well uh, from Washington to draw as many Democratic, congressional districts as possible because to counter Republican influence potentially in other states where that would do. So, so what is the, I know you've, you've warned against partisanship already, but practically, practically, and you know, when, again, we're talking about politics here. So it's a a, a immensely practical sport uh, as to what happens Uh, practically. What do you expect to happen uh, with this big push on the part of Democrats to draw the lines in in the final lines to be as partisan as possible.
1: Well, uh, look that's up to that's up to the public. Um, the uh, the voters in New York State voted overwhelmingly for a uh, constitutional amendment that allowed for an independent redistricting commission. They wanted to make sure that um, the old way of redrawing these lines um, was a thing of the past. They wanted to make sure that political leaders, that is, party leaders, weren't making decisions for local communities, but that communities would have a voice in in the way that these lines were drawn uh, without regard to incumbency, um, and make sure that we have as many balanced districts as as we possibly can. Uh, Frankly, that is our our role. Uh, That's what people want. They want to believe in democracy. They want to believe in a system that isn't rigged, And so, uh, you know, to the extent that that those things are, you know, foundational issues for our system. Yeah, it's incumbent on everyone to make sure that the system is played fairly and that the rules are followed and that no one cheats. Well, I don't know where uh, cheating comes
0: into politics, but, uh, you know, we have uh, uh, a history of people pushing the envelope as much as possible in order to benefit, uh, themselves. There is, uh, I, I would say a, particularly with regard, an interesting quirk here, I wanted to point out, not a quirk, an interesting plan. Um, but one particularly of interest to those, uh, you know, on Long Island where I live of a map with in regards to state Senate districts that you're looking to create a majority minority seat in the, uh, in the state Senate for, um, uh, has as representative, which has not been, you know, the case. It's the case in other areas, but not necessarily in Nassau County. Um, and there's also a push to create more districts for Asian Americans uh, in parts of New York City. Uh, so, just talk for a second about that. And also, where does the Jewish community fit into that? Um, is the Jewish community considered a minority community, or is it considered uh, really part of the white population?
1: Well, look. Um, there are different there are different categories. Um, certainly, um, the idea and the baseline idea is keeping communities together, identifying those communities, making sure you're not breaking them apart. It also starts with an You know, acknowledging. You know, the the uh, the fact that there is actually a um, there's a there's a a need for us to also be aware that there are communities that are historically disenfranchised. So, you know, we want to make sure that everyone has a fair shake, everyone has a voice, and that their voice isn't diluted. So whether we're talking about traditional minorities, whether we're talking about language minorities, whether we're talking about religious minorities, these are all factors that come into play in identifying communities of interest. And, you know, to the extent that there are communities in Nassau County um, that are Uh, where where there is a community of interest, where there is commonality, I think it's incumbent upon uh, those who draw these maps to identify them and make sure that they have a voice as well. Okay, and uh, last question uh, for you, Uh, Jack Martins, the vice chair of
0: the uh, New York State Independent Redistricting Commission. If you, uh, what is the, from a legal perspective, right, um, I know that the, there's no voting rights act uh any more review from the justice department whereas the justice the department of justice used to have to review districts uh particularly congressional districts to see if they conformed with the voting rights act uh so what level of scrutiny or review do these districts have to have if any from any outside parties or ultimately you know how is it that these lines are enacted is it a resolution i mean who is who is the person that ultimately approves these districts or the body that ultimately approves these districts
1: well look the, the vra is still alive and well um there are sections of the vra that are that are no longer applicable but certainly the voting rights act is is a, a fi- foundational document when it comes to um drawing districts and it's a document that we do uh, consider, uh, laws that we consider, uh, not only state, but federal laws, state and federal constitution. Um, it it ultimately comes down to people participating in the process. They allow their voices to be heard. They come to these hearings. They submit testimony. Uh, but ultimately, um, if someone is disenfranchised, if the process is not um, properly conducted, uh, the ultimate arbiter is going to be the courts. Um, you know, we expect that uh, if if people try to um, you know uh, tip the scales uh, or influence a result, um, that there will be an opportunity for uh, for people who feel that they've been uh, aggrieved, disenfranchised, that they can actually go into court and ask a judge to review this process. Uh, that's why the process itself is so important. You know the integrity of the process is important. Uh, and I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, in, in discussions with our colleagues, frankly on both sides, um, people understand that it is a, uh, a very important and serious responsibility. We may disagree on where those lines are drawn. Uh, we may each have a preference or a way of looking at things, uh, but I do believe that democracy is a conversation. It's not one side shouting at the other. And so, to the extent that there are conversations to be had where we can have these discussions, um, and share our own insights, uh, I expect it will come out with a better result. Okay, and uh, I
0: guess last, last, last question is, what is the end date for this process? When do these lines actually need to be set in stone? When do they actually
1: need to be drawn and affirmed? We, The commission will start their hearings next week. It'll go through just before Thanksgiving. Um, then we'll work on redrawing the lines and uh, submitting maps uh, or adjusting the maps uh, and submitting them to the legislature by uh, by 2022, by the end of the year or beginning of 2022, okay, uh, right excellent. around. Uh, Jack
0: Martin's former state senator, vice chair of the New York State Independent Independent Redistricting Commission, that is just beginning its hearings. And uh, people should look on their website to see if they want to testify. If you're interested in this really really important part of uh, the political. Process, uh, get involved, look at the maps, get out there, and get and have your voice heard. Uh, Jack Martins, thank you once again for joining us here on Spin Glass.
1: Thank you, Michael. Always a pleasure. Speak to you soon.
0: So there, pretty much is has been said everything there is to say about Ben and Jerry's and the boycott and BDS and. Everything along those lines, but sometimes, sometimes when you see a car crash on the highway, you say to yourself, "I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop." But you stop and you slow down and you rubberneck anyway, and that's essentially what's going on with this Axios interview from Ben Cohen and uh his sidekick Jerry. Um, I mean, I just—I mean, what are you even going to say? I mean, Ben Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenfield, two Jewish guys. Uh, You know, from Vermont, from Brooklyn, Bernie Sanders, uh, bros, and I mean, how could they not be prepared by their probably highly paid consultants who arranged this interview with Axios that they were going to get questions about why are you singling out Israel amongst all the countries of the world and all the entities of the world, other places that you also object to their policies? And they couldn't even – I mean the – I don't know classic I mean it was the most perfect I don't know that ever that I've ever really heard it's it was remarkable absolutely remarkable to listen to two of these guys successful businessmen created uh, delicious ice cream I mean kind of identified with the state of Vermont I mean so uh, so revered as a company and couldn't handle this very simple question of why are you boycotting? Israel. In fact, you know, they don't even. The question is a little bit more because, you know, it's boycott. Well, we're not boycotting Israel. We're just boycotting the occupied territories, the occupied West Bank. But it seems, of course, that they're not actually boycotting. They're just boycotting Jews and not selling ice cream to Jews in the occupied, quote unquote, West Bank because presumably they would still sell to Arabs. But to not anticipate the idea that you disagree with Policies like elections in Georgia or abortion in Texas and to not anticipate that that would be an issue and to say, well, if that was the case, we couldn't sell ice cream anywhere. And then, of course, that's the whole point of BDS. And that is, in fact, why it is anti-Semitic is that you have singled out the state of Israel for punishment to the exclusion of everyone else in the world. When you single out Jews – that is called anti-Semitism. When you single out the state of the Jews to the exclusion of any other country in the world, and with all their faults, that is called anti-Semitism. But of course, the answer, the classic answer, is, "Well, my family's Jewish, my friends are Jewish. It's absurd." Well, your answers were absurd, and this is the train wreck that we've seen. In fact, that they say, of course, we believe in a two-state solution. It's kind of like when AOC had that interview. I believe in a two-state solution, right? As if – guess who doesn't believe in a two-state solution? The BDS movement. The BDS movement does not believe in a two-state solution. Like Students for Justice and Palestine, they do not believe in a two-state solution. Jewish Voices for Peace, they do not believe in a two-state solution. And I'll comment on the last train wreck that went on politically this this year. And I hate again. I'll I'll say it again. Disclaimer: I hate to pick on Bill De Blasio, but it's a target. It's a it's a right target. And when you see the car, when you see the wreck on the side of the road, you got to comment in it. And what is it? Well, Mayor De Blasio has essentially used the NYPD and his security detail as a car service for his kids and moved his kids and did all things, but all things essentially inappropriately by having them chauffeured around at taxpayer expense without really any security purpose because sometimes they had security and sometimes they didn't. So if they needed the security, then they should have had the security full time. If they didn't need the security, then why are they being chauffeured? But that's not the true train wreck from a press perspective of de Blasio. The mayor was given an opinion by the Conflicts of Interest Board telling him that he needed to repay the city of New York for his very significant security details, sometimes of 10 officers when he ran for president. Remember, Bill de Blasio, he ran for president, now he's going to run for governor, You know that kind of thing. Bill de Blasio thinks he's going to get another office, the worst mayor in the history of the city of New York, the long history of the city of New York, and yes... And yes, he was told he had to repay $300,000 in expenses. Did he? No. Talk about limousine liberalism, essentially. you know, Inequality. I mean, Bill de Blasio feels that there is one set of rules, and that's why New York is unequal, because you have a mayor who feels there's one set of rules for him and one set of rules for anybody else. He moralizes and has righteous indignation about all kinds of things. But when it comes to him... And when it comes to actual being told by the city government you have to repay this, he thinks he must answer to a higher standard and so those are two train wrecks on the side of the road you just gotta you just gotta comment on them. you can't let it go. so just keep in mind election day coming up there's early voting coming up in many in places uh, you know I don't want to assume everybody's just in New York. But uh, early voting coming up in New York uh, the weekend after this one. Be prepared. Be informed. Get yourself out there. Get involved. This is Spin Class here on the Knockham Segal Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks, Allison Josephs.